praise. We celebrate good performance, but we worship God. When you worship him, instead of him malfunctioning, he starts to function properly in your life. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. When you worship God, then God turns to you. And he unleashes his goodness, his mercy, his favor, everything on you. That's what he does when you worship him. Lift your right hand with me this afternoon. And just bless his name. Just bless his name. He deserves this kind of worship. He deserves our praise. He's a glorious God. We worship him and we bless him today. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We bless your name and we give you glory and we give you praise. Thank you for the benefit of seeing a new week. Thank you for the benefit of new beginnings. Thank you for the failures of the past and thank you for what is ahead of us. We thank you because you are the God who is able to turn around everything on our behalf. We approach you today with reference in our heart for the awesomeness of your power and the greatness of your mercy. We bless you. We bless you. We give you glory and we give you praise. And so, Father, this afternoon we ask that you charge your word with power. Let it minister grace to every hearer. Lord, we ask that you do not only challenge us in this service, transform us. Let something be changed permanently in somebody's life. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We ask that you move over each and every one of us. Meet us at every point of need. Heal somebody in this service. Reconfigure a destiny in this service. And let your name be glorified. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' precious name. Uh, somebody say, believe in amen. amen. Have you welcomed your, your, your neighbors to church this morning? All right, good, good. How was your week? Uh, I can't hear you. How was your week? All right. I declare that this new week will come with beauty and with the favor of God in the precious name of Jesus. Uh, say, believe in amen. All right, I'd love to share with us this morning, uh, still in our Enterprise Development Month, which we have themed uh, problems, opportunities, and solutions. So we've been looking at problems, we've been looking at opportunities, we've been looking at what God, you know, has planned for us in this season, and how we need to think to be able to maximize that which is ahead of us. And uh, the topic of my uh, sharing this afternoon is a prayer point. It's a prayer point. You know it's serious when a title is a prayer point. So somebody say after me, say, Lord, give me capacity for my opportunities. I will say it again. Say, Lord, give me capacity for my opportunities. So I'll be sharing on what I've titled, give me capacity for my opportunities. Give me capacity for my opportunities. Give me capacity for my opportunities. I'd love to examine two passages of the scripture this afternoon and see this what is God's standpoint when it comes to capacity? Uh, it would be good for somebody here to note this afternoon uh, that first and foremost, the best of God is never in the past, it's always in the future. Yeah. So when I look back at my life and I see all the great things that God has done, I need to always remind myself that the best of God is never in my past, it's always in my future. Secondly, I also need to realize that there's more with God than, than I have experienced. There's much more with God than what I have experienced as a person. I always need to remind myself that from time to time. There's more with God 
than I'm experiencing or I have experienced. There's more with God than I've experienced or that I'm experiencing right now. The best of God is never in the past. It's always in the future. The Bible says the path of a good man is like shining light. It shines brighter and brighter. The best of God is always in the future. It's always in the future. And I want you to also note that whatever your life looks like right now, if you believe that God's best is still ahead of you, then you need to make up your mind that I need to develop capacity to be able to attract the best of God into my life. You see, God never has a problem with blessing us. He said, if your heavenly fathers who know evil, when you ask them, or who are evil, when you ask them to give you bread, they don't give you stone. He said, how much more? Yo, I mean, if your earthly fathers, I said, how much more? Your heavenly father. God always wants to give. He also always wants to give. The only problem with God is capacity to receive. Capacity to receive. Many Christians pray today, and we do that fervently. The only problem is that we're praying for what we don't have the capacity to receive. And such prayers are credited into our account until we have the capacity. Are you still with me today? Yeah. It's always credited into your account until you have the capacity. You have the capacity to receive it. What am I saying? Uh, uh, in the book of First Chronicles chapter 4, when you read from verse 9 and 10, we see the story of, um, of a young man called Jabez. Jabez's life looked like, you know, was picture perfect. Because the Bible says he was more honorable than his brothers. That means there, there's some, some good things happening in, in his life. There were many good things happening in his life. You know, and uh, when you look at him, you think that the guy is okay. But knowing and understanding that the best of God is never in the past, it's always in the future, and there's more with God than I've experienced, Jabez prayed a prayer. And that is prayer sounds like my topic of discussion today. So in First Chronicles chapter 4, when we read from verse 9, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, look at the prayer, Oh, that you will bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Somebody say, enlarge my territory. Or say it again, say, enlarge my territory. That prayer sounds like, give me capacity for my opportunity. Because when territories are enlarged, then you have room for more. Say amen, somebody. Yeah, you have room for more. So when we say, there's more with God than you have received, when there's no room for more, there's nowhere for God to pour into. Am I saying the truth today? So Jabez prayed this prayer, Oh, that you will bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand will be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And look at the last sentence here. So God granted him what he requested. That same God is still alive and well. That same God is still alive and well. So if God granted him his request, I know that today God is granting somebody here your request. In the precious name of the Lord Jesus. So 
Jabez, the Bible says, was more honorable than his brothers. He had many good things going on for him. But he realized there is more with God than what he has experienced. And then he prayed. And then the heavens opened. And God started to do greater things in his life. Somebody here, you have been praying wrong prayers. I mean, it's a wrong prayer when you pray, Lord, give me money. In the first instance, how much money is money to you? <laughs> and instead of praying for money, why don't you pray for capacity to, you know, lay hold of, on opportunities and maximize opportunities? Because in this country, for instance, money is always flowing every day in the different sectors of the economy. Where do I have capacity to take hold of opportunities? And when I locate where I have capacity to take hold of opportunities, that's when I can pray. Lord, bring the opportunities my way because there's capacity. And when there's a gap and I don't have the capacity, then I need to cooperate with God for God to give me capacity for my opportunities. And God also says, even if your life looks like nothing is you know, walking. There's nothing, you, 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 unlike Jabez, you can't say you're more honorable than everyone around you, than your brothers and sisters, you know, or anything. Then God said, I also specialize in that area also. I can turn what looks like barrenness and stagnation around. Let, let's check it out together. Isaiah 54, when you read from verse 1 to 4. It says, sing, O barren, you who have not born, Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare, lengthen your cord and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left. Say amen, somebody. And said, your descendant will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Say, do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth. And you will remember, you will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. Say amen, somebody. I want to point our attention to something in this second passage of the scripture. The Bible says here, he said, sing, O barren. He said, you who have not born, break forth with singing. He said, for more are the children of the desolate. This is, you know, God's own kind of mathematics. A desolate person is a person who has no chance, who has no companion, you know, and all that. And the Bible says, more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. It depends on what you are seeing. That's what he's saying. Because I have what it takes to reach out to you. But you need to have the capacity to receive. So he said, enlarge the place of your tent. You see that again. Jabez was praying, enlarge my territory. Here, God said, enlarge the place of your tent. He says, let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. What is the dam that the prophet was talking about here? In this inspirational piece. Let them. Them therefore speaks of. Situations, circumstances. Issues. Things that will break other people down. What we call problems. He said, let them stretch out the curtain of your dwelling. 
Let them stretch it out. Is somebody here this afternoon ready for a stretching? I said, are you ready for a stretching? You see, when we drudge opportunities for stretchings, we're saying, Lord, hold on to my next level. Because many things in life will come to want to stretch us. Say, let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Lengthen your cord and strengthen your stake. Because you will yet expand to the right and to the left. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand that God doesn't have any problem blessing anybody. The major issue with God is capacity. Capacity, 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 capacity. How far can you see? How much money is too big for your mind? What shuts down your mind? <laughs> Speaking of capacity, in the miracle of feeding of 5,000, Jesus asked his disciple, and Philip responded, where can we get food to feed this multitude? Philip said, it's not possible. That even a hundred dinari worth of food will not be enough. Even if you give them little by little. His mind is fixated on little, little. And the crowd shut down his ability to think. He could not con conceive that there could, be, there could be enough to feed everybody. That's the difference between somebody with capacity, mental capacity, to conceive solution, and somebody without mental capacity or spiritual capacity. I'm going to talk more about that next Sunday. So Jesus said, let them sit down in groups. He had the capacity to trust God to show forth in that situation. While Philip was saying, it's not possible. There's nowhere to get food to feed these people. Jesus was saying, let them sit down. He took the bread. He blessed it and broke it. And he started multiplying. It speaks of mental capacity and spiritual capacity. In the first instance, you know, he was trying to just arrange them, put them in place. Let there be order, you know, and all that. Because God is about to break out here. And it's not going to be a chaos. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, that's the difference between he, he could envision that the God that we serve can break out here and feed all these people. The other person was limited in his mental capacity and his spiritual capacity to see the blessing of God coming you know, into manifestation in this dimension. Are you still with me today? That's why in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10, the Bible says that if you fail in the day of adversity, he said your strength is small. It has nothing to do with God or this, the, the size of the adversity is the size of your own strength. So if there's any English like that, we can ask the question, how strong is your strength? <laughs> yeah, how, how strong is your strength? You feel in the real of adversity, your strength is small. I, I tried to research that scripture a little bit, check uh, a few other translations. Uh, the message translation of Proverbs uh, 24.10, for instance, says, if you fall to pieces in crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. There wasn't much to you in the first place. There wasn't much to you in the first place. I love the Living Bible Translation. It said, if you fail to perform under pressure, you are a poor specimen. 
So what kind of specimen are you? Because God wants to boast about us. See my specimen, I created this one. Trying. You know that was what God was doing about Job. God was just bragging about Job. Devil was walking around and said, have you seen Job? My servant Job? He said, try him out. Try him out. It's a good specimen. Good specimen. So God just said, you know what? Do anything you like, but don't take his life. All right? So let's start. Boom. Took out Job's possessions, his children and everything. Even his wife looked at him and said, are you still with this God? Curse this God. Job said, even though he slays me, yet I will praise him. <laughs> Are you still with me today? It's about capacity, ladies and gentlemen. It's about strength. It's about strength. It's about capacity. If you fail in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If you fail to perform under pressure, you're a poor specimen. Jesus said in Mark chapter 2 and verse 22, he said new wine must be poured into new wine skin. What, what was Jesus saying? God doesn't have any problem pouring new wine. But he said, you have capacity to receive. Because when you lack capacity to receive, what happens? He said, the wine skin will burst and the wine will be wasted. And God is not a waster. Neither is a prodigal concerning his power. Say amen, somebody. Yeah, God is not a waster. God is not a waster. He would rather withhold than to waste. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me and hear me well. If you are a follower of Jesus here, you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you love the Lord with your heart, the Bible says no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So the problem is not with God. He doesn't withhold good things. The problem is capacity. We challenge God based on capacity that we have. That's why God will always show us pictures to build us up our capacity and so we can pray with it. If you have visions and dreams in your heart, God is using that to stretch you. So that you have something you are praying you know, to him about. And you are demonstrating capacity that this will not break me. I can withstand this. Is somebody still with me this afternoon? Yes, I said, are you still here? Yes, so I need somebody here to understand that opportunities abound. They are everywhere. We are only talking about capacity to manage opportunities. To see them first and foremost. To seize them and to maximize them. In Matthew 25, when you read from verse 14 to 30, we call it the parable of talents. Ladies and gentlemen, the parable of talent is not just about skill management. No. No. The parable of talent, purely the way Jesus delivered it was actually about managing and multiplying money. Money. Simple. Talent was the currency of the day, like naira, dollar, or pound sterling. And he said when the master came, he gave them according to their ability. You see that word again. Ability or capacity. And he said, the kingdom of God is like unto this. That was the parable. Can you, can you flash that for me? Matthew 25 verse 14. The kingdom of God is like unto this. It's, you know, like a man traveling to a far country. Who called his servant and delivered his, uh, delivered his goods to them. And to one, he gave five talents. To another two, to another one. To a, each according to his own ability. And he said, the kingdom of God is like this. Are you, are you coming along with me this afternoon? The kingdom of God is like this. It means this is how God behaves. That's what it means by saying the kingdom of God is like this. Kingdom of God only talks about God's, you know, 
Modus operandi. God's fear of influence and how things work around him. This is how God behaves. He gives according to ability or capacity. And you see, when you finish reading this story, you realize that the man that he gave one, he was even magnanimous. Because obviously, perhaps maybe his, his capacity is just one and he cannot do anything after one will shut down his mind. Physically, emotionally, he will be an emotional wreck if you give him more than one. And he was trying not to kill himself. That's why he just took that one and buried it. Yeah. Because the man said, that's how you know this is about financial management. Because the man said, that one, you can take it to the banker. Have you read that before? And said they will give you interest. But because the mind of that guy, anything that's more than one, even the little interest they will give him is too much for him. So he buried it. Well, somebody say after me again this afternoon, say, Lord, give me capacity for my opportunities. From this parable, we understand again that God never has a problem dishing out. Because the kingdom of God is like this. God never has a problem dishing out. His main issue is, am I dealing with a waster or a multiplier? That's his major problem. Am I dealing with a waster or a multiplier? Because those are the kind of human beings we have around, even believers. There are waster believers and multiplier believers. And ladies and gentlemen, when you pray, prayer must build capacity. Jesus said, when you pray, pray after this manner. Our Father who art in heaven. That's just a pattern. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, that, 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 that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we get into the, the I mean, deeply inside it, I'm going to teach uh, perhaps on prayer next year. When we get into it, what he was actually saying is, help me to be able to see what you have ready in heaven that health must enjoy. The health must enjoy. It's about capacity to see what God is ready to do so I can position myself for it. Are you still with me today? That will be done on heart as it is in heaven. Who is on heart? Me. How will the will of God be done on heart? I need to catch a glimpse into it so I can position for it here on heart. Is somebody still with me today? And it's all about capacity. It's all about capacity. It's all about capacity. It's all about capacity. So Jesus was saying, don't use old tricks on new opportunities. Build new wineskin. You need a better, you know, system. A better capacity to take the new things that I want to bring into your life. Better capacity to take the things that I want to bring into your life. So God is always giving according to ability. God is always giving according to capacity to receive. According to ability, according to capacity to receive. As a round of this afternoon, there's one thing that I must share with us. The Holy Spirit taught me this many, many years ago. I call it the punching bag theory. Punching bag theory. You know what? When I was reading in Isaiah 54, I said, God said, let them stretch out. There are certain things that will come into your life to just stretch your mind, stretch your spirit. Stretch you emotionally. You know, the funny thing about the mind of man, the intellect of man, the capacity of man, is that when it is stretched, it's not like the normal elastic. It doesn't return back to the normal size. So when I'm thinking about finances, I ask myself the question, what was the last biggest money that has ever entered my hand personally? Am I willing to stretch a little further? 
for God to pour out more and demonstrate capacity. Because for Matthew 25, Jesus said, you know what? You're not going to get past a particular level if you can't demonstrate capacity. Yeah. And it's when you demonstrate capacity that I'm bound to show up in your life. So this punching bag theory, the Holy Spirit taught me a long time ago that God will always bring things into your life that will stretch you, that you must use for practice if you will ascend to higher levels in your work with God. So we are all given the opportunity to practice with a punching bag, or a, a, a punch bag, uh, uh, before getting into the ring. Many people want to get into the ring of destiny without trying their hands on the bag. Before you will be in a tournament to hit a human being, God wants you to hit the bag. Are you still with me today? And we see that in this walk with David and Joseph. In 1 Samuel 17, David had the opportunity with the lion and the bear before you have an opportunity with Goliath. Many people today now, if you say, oh, they're looking, they looking for a minister, you will raise your hand. But you have not managed one office well. And that's the problem we have now in this nation, where people are given opportunity to serve and run every budget that they have not managed one-tenth of such in their own personal you know, lives before. That's why they go crazy when they get there. See the order of God. A David, a young chap, God said, I'm looking for somebody to use. And then he sent Samuel to the house of uh, David's father, Jesse. And then Jesse calls all his big boys in the house with biceps, you know, and all that. And Samuel said, the person is not here. Do you have any other son? They had forgotten him. Eventually, they said, oh, yes, one boy. Ah, that one. That one doesn't look like a king. He likes to stay in the backside of nowhere, just chasing sheep around and all that. So they eventually brought him, and then Samuel anointed him, and Samuel went away. David went back, you know, to the sheep fold. But you know what happened? God started giving David the opportunity to practice destiny because the ultimate thing in his destiny is to bring down Goliath and become the king of Israel. So God started giving little opportunities. And you see, the punching bag is usually not very life-threatening. In fact, there may not be much at stake. Because what's at stake? A lion will come, pick a lamb. It was a flock, you know, so they, they had many. David can just say, you know, I will explain to my father. At least they are not paying me any salary. I'm just doing this as a stopgap to destiny. So there's no problem. Let him take that one away. But the Bible says, see that it's faithful in little. More will be committed to, into his hand. Yeah. So David will run after a lion. Look at this. First Samuel 17. In First Samuel 17, when you read from verse 34, Saul accosted David and told David, you know what? This Goliath has been a warrior from his youth. You, you are a small boy. He will just use you for toothpick. Don't go. And this was what David answered, you know, Saul. He said, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb, somebody say a lamb, one. said, the lion will come and he took a lamb out of the flock. I went out after it and struck it. What kind of a human being? You know, will not run away from a lion that is taking one lamp. 
He recognized that this is my anonymous opportunity. If I fail here, nobody knows. If I succeed, same consequential. He's not good. He wasn't going to get an award for striking that lion <laughs> because it was just one lamb. His father would just say, oh, lamb. They took lamb, but he didn't take your life. No problem. Let's continue. But he went after the lamb and struck it. I mean, the lion and struck it. Struck it. And delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. So your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Can I ask you a question this afternoon? Do you have a reference point? A reference point. To say, I use this one as pointing back. So this one too. The same God that helped me that time will help me now. Until you start to have stories like that, you cannot maximize opportunities and destiny. Because the devil will want to harass you, but you say, God who saw me through that one will see me through this one. The God that supplied 100 million will give me a billion naira. Yeah. The God that has built this one business with me for this long will bring another business. Yeah. I remember one of our brothers was speaking here on Wednesday at Switch who said uh, they, they, he had you know, this contract that has been going on. They did it for two years and one day they said it was over. And he said, he told himself, the God who brought that job will bring another one. He said, honorably. He said, I just asked them, um, what's the reason? They said, it's order from above. It's not that we are not performing, be. He said, yes, no. It's not about competence. Oh, no problem. No problem. So he went away. The competence, he said, brought three more solid contracts running concurrently. And it was, all, all he was saying was, the God that brought that one will bring another one. The God that brought that one will bring another one. Are you still with me today? Said, so are you still with me today? There are many situations God will bring you into that if you chicken out, you just lost an opportunity to develop strength for the next one. And that's why many people today are not having what they call bad testimonies. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Pardon me, please. What I mean is testimonies that, that are beyond description. Because how do you, you know, when you describe David and Goliath, you look, at, you look at it and think it's unthinkable. But David did not become that kind of David in one day. He had opportunities that he, he maximized. He maximized those opportunities. In Genesis chapter 40, you see a similar story. Joseph landed in prison. And instead of him to be sad, he made up his mind that this is just going to be a punching bag. He was supposed to be an emotional wreck, yet he embraced the joy of the Holy Spirit. When you go through stuff in your marriage, how long does it take you to want to uh, uh, say, let's have a break, let's break up, let's do this? You know all those kind of things that people do today. So of you to take up the challenge. This is just a punching bag. You know, the God who saw me through this one, who saw me through that one, will see me through this one again. Can somebody say with me today? I said, are you still with me today? That was the standpoint for David. Same thing for, for, for Joseph. Joseph, his own punching bag was to anonymously, you know, interpret a dream for Pharaoh's, I mean, Pharaoh's butler and baker. They landed in jail together. They were his companions in the prison. 
and they had bad dreams. Like I said last Sunday, it wasn't supposed to be strange. They were supposed to be having bad dreams. And instead of Joseph to say, you think you're sad? I should be more sad than you. You know where I'm coming from. You people have been enjoying the palace. Me, from my father's house in Israel, when those knuckleheads connived and sold me out to this woman that now landed me here. You think you have a problem? My friends, go and sit down. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I hear anything from your side again, I'll deal with you. Is that, is that a problem? But yet, he kept his own problem and then faced them. Look at what he said in, in verse 6 of Genesis 40. And Joseph came in to them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his lord's house, saying, why do you look sad today? So sad today. And he said to him, we each have had a dream, and there's no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, do not, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, please. You know what? You know how punching bags work? They have little or no consequences. If you dodge very serious consequence of your destiny. If you decide to do it, you're not going to lose much if you fail. So, this guy did not sign any contract with this butler and baker that this dream, if, it, if the thing doesn't work, there was, there was not going to be any problem. He took a chance just to say, look, you know what? What's the worst case scenario? I will give you an interpretation and it won't work. But he didn't pay me money. But he gave the interpretation and it worked. He told one chap, they will cut off your head. The other one, you will be restored. The one that was restored, got back into Pharaoh's palace. And for two years, he forgot Joseph. In Genesis 41, the Bible says in verse 1, that after two years, he remembered Joseph. Now there was a problem in the palace, and this guy recommended Joseph. Joseph came, interpreted the dream, and the rest is history. Prime minister in a foreign country. How do you want to figure it out? You don't have American passport. You know, you're just visiting. But you saw a problem at White House. You know? And then they now said, you know what? You're not going back. You're going to be, uh, is it the president, they call it, of, foreign, of our reserve or something, CBN governor of America. And everybody will shout, but they won't change their mind. You know, it, it sounds unthinkable today. But the truth is that nothing is impossible when you have solution in your hand. But solutions will not just come anyhow. God will always give us opportunities, punching bags. The big question this afternoon is, are you running away or are you confronting your punching bags? For some of us here, you have opportunity to do things for people for free without collecting any money. But because they are not going to pay you, you won't do it. And you won't know that it's an opportunity where they will just recommend you for something greater. That's, this is how opportunities, you know, people miss opportunities. This is how people miss opportunities. Small problem. Use it as toothpick. So that bigger ones can come that will launch you into destiny. You run away. You run away. You run away. Problems that you can solve in, on, you know, 
anonymously, so that even if you fail, nobody will know. You know it's better to fail anonymously than to fail when you're at certain levels. When I was a pastor in the university, I could afford to say anything, no, any nonsense. Even the people I was talking to, they didn't know much. You understand? I could, but those are times one had as, as you know, punching bags. You did whatever, and God started to, you know, work on you, work on you, work on you, until you have greater opportunities in destiny to serve better. Somebody's here today, your spouse in real terms may be terrible, but maybe it's just to stretch you for capacity for more, to gain capacity so that God can do greater things in your destiny. For some people here, you still query, you know, your background. Look at the great things that God is using your background to do in your life today. I don't know about you, but for someone like me, I have capacity today, like I was saying, I think I was saying that in second service. I have capacity today to take nonsense from people because of the kind of house I grew up. I was stretched. Number 23 out of 26. So I had 20, 22 other people in front of me who stepped on my ego and brutalized me. Some of those experiences were bad. But today, you cannot surprise me with anything. I cannot be easily disappointed. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. And I guess it's just because God knows the kind of assignment he had you know, ahead of me. Anything you do today, not understand what other people tell you, how bad it is with me. It's not bad. We can resolve it. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Anything at all. Because I've seen worse things. I've seen terrible things. And I don't believe that anybody is terrible. All of us are work in progress. But, you know, you can't give what you don't have. And God only commits into your hand what you have developed capacity to receive. Is somebody still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? Somebody here this afternoon, I want to encourage you. You have a bad boss. God sent him into your life to stretch you. <laughs> your manager is horrible. If you run away, you may be missing destiny. You know, sometimes God will now delay another job. You'll be praying. The other job will not come. So that you can take your lesson. If you refuse to take your lesson, you will stay there longer. When you start loving the person and taking instruction and following through, you just get another job. And that's how it happens in life. But some people, you will force your way through. Maybe you have an influential uncle or friend. Then you get another job. But you haven't learned that lesson. You will still learn it. If you don't want to have carryover. Because in destiny, truly and truly, there are no carryovers. We only have destiny that will be delayed. Yeah. Yeah. Because on, with God, until you pass a particular level, you don't move to another level. You see what God said about Matthew, in Matthew 25? That guy who buried the one talent said, collect it from him. Give it to the other people. That's his level. In fact, we are degraded. I mean, we are degrading him again. So, those other guys, take more because you have demonstrated capacity. To him that have not, that which he has will be collected from him. To be given to, the, to him who have. That's the principle of the kingdom of God. I want to encourage you this afternoon 
that you should trust God for capacity for your opportunities. You know the truth about opportunities? One is that there are no people without opportunities. We only have people who cannot recognize and seize opportunities. And secondly is that opportunities don't come just once. They keep coming. They keep coming. They keep coming. God is always waiting for us. Even to the last moment, opportunities will keep, keep, keep coming. God never writes anyone off. You remember the story of Jesus being crucified? One thief on the right, one thief on the left. When they were nailing those thieves to the cross with human beings, they don't have opportunities again in life. One saw Jesus, couldn't see opportunity. The other one saw Jesus and saw opportunity. So one was saying, ah, and you said you're a prophet. See, uh, are you better than us now? Another one said, shut up. Ah, can't your head be correct once, once in your life? We have just about 10, 15 minutes to die. Can't, <laughs> and he said, master, remember me when you get to your kingdom. And Jesus said, today, you will be with me in paradise. Last minute opportunities. So it's a, it's a meet when we say opportunities only come but once. No. Don't give in to that. Opportunities keep coming. Keeps coming. Keeps coming. Life is a cycle of opportunities. Cycle of opportunities. Opportunities. If I miss one, another one will come. What do I need to do? I need to prepare capacity for the next one. Is somebody stay with me today? And lastly today, potent luck portions. If you ever believe in luck, I don't. But I'll explain to you. Potent lock portions are predictable. They are mixed. They are made by mixing preparation with opportunity. What am I saying? You can be lucky every day. Just be prepared for opportunities. Because opportunities will show up every day. I can be lucky every day. Lucky every day. You want potent lock portion, if there's anything like that, mix preparation with opportunities. Success happens when preparation meets with opportunities. That's when success happens. Somebody here, from now you'll be lucky every day. I said from now you'll be lucky every day. Because God will give you capacity for your opportunities. Lift your right hand with me this afternoon. And say, Lord, give me capacity for my opportunities. Lord, give me capacity for my opportunities. Can you turn it in your own words with prayer? Maybe there's a particular area of life that you need capacity right now. It may be in your finance, it may be in your career. It may be in your marriage, but you need capacity for, 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 to endure, capacity to dream bigger, capacity to expect something better. Lord, give me capacity for my opportunities. Give me capacity for my opportunities. Somebody talk to God this afternoon. Lord, give me capacity. Give me capacity for my opportunities. Help me to be able to see them. Help me, help me to be able to understand them. Help me to be able to lay hold on them. Give me capacity for my opportunities. 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 Father, we bless you. We thank you for grace this afternoon and your favor upon your people. Help us to recognize opportunities. Lord, if there's anyone here who has been fixated, on problems. Help us to take our eyes off problems. Help us to see opportunities all around us. Give us capacity. Fresh capacity. Somebody needs new wine here for, I mean, 
new wine skin for new wine here. Lord, give us new wine skins. Give us new capacities. We thank you and we bless you. We thank you and we bless you. Somebody wave your hands to him this afternoon.